As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back in to Football and Grits, your SEC-centric podcast here on The Athletic. I'm your host, Aaron Suttles. I'm a football beat writer here at The Athletic. But on Tuesdays, I answer questions from around the conference. And uh, it's sort of become our subscriber participation day. And we're having a lot of fun with it, where I answer your questions from the mailbag that goes up on Sunday or Monday. So be checking that out if you haven't had a chance to ask any questions that, that goes up you can submit your questions. Uh, before we get started today, I want to ask you to go subscribe, rate, and review Football and Grits podcast to help us get the podcast out to new listeners. Um, you guys have a lot of great questions. As always, another great group of questions. So why don't we just go ahead and get down to it today. Adam H. asks, Will Muschamp, will, will Muschamp have run out of rope in South Carolina? Assuming he is fired... What up-and-coming coaching candidates would be a good fit for the struggling Gamecock program? The first one I thought of, and I think he's going to be in high demand this offseason, and you're going to have to make you're going to have to um, you're going to have to take your medicine with it if you make this hire. But it's the sort of hire if you make it uh, if you get out in front of it, if you start beating other teams to the punch for it. I think South Carolina, South Carolina could land, and that's Hugh Freeze. Um, as I mentioned, you're going to have to take your medicine with the hire, right? Uh, you're going to get a lot of blowback. You're going to have to endure some criticism from the national media. Um, and obviously, you're going to have to get get the hire approved by the SEC because Hugh Freeze is um, – a couple of programs have attempted to hire him as an assistant coach, as an offensive coordinator, and sort of had that move blocked by the SEC. But stick with me here. I, I think it's very – at least in terms of um, the higher and what you might have to endure versus the versus the upside of making that. Um, think of Auburn basketball, Bruce Pearl. Um, you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know eat a little dirt with it because you're gonna be an easy target. But the upside of that, as we've seen with Auburn basketball, is that you get a really good coach. You're just gonna have to. Um, you're going to have to swallow your medicine with it. Uh, I, I think Hugh Freeze and what we've seen from Liberty, and if you saw what he did uh, this past Saturday 
he pulled off an upset of, of Virginia Tech. And you know, he's got that team, I believe, 7-0 and right now. They're in the top 25. And you look back at what he did at Ole Miss on the field. We'll, we'll talk about the, the off-the-field stuff here in a second, which is certainly a huge part of, of hiring Hugh Freeze if you make that decision. But what he did on the field at Ole Miss, he beat Alabama two years in a row. And if you remember, had Alabama on the ropes in a third straight game before Alabama won that game, um, he's a very gifted offensive mind. Now, with that, as I keep mentioning, you're going to have to eat some dirt. You're going to have to take your medicine with it. He's got he's got an NCAA um, history, right, with, uh, with the recruiting thing and how he got caught up in that and the whole – a famous tweet that he sent out, uh, you know, stop accusing our young men of all this stuff. If you have any information, send it to our compliance department. And that sort of sort of became the lore of what, what invited the NCAA to really start looking into Hugh Freeze and their recruiting taxes there at Ole Miss. And then obviously you have the, you know, the other off the field stuff in his personal life, um, which really is just between him and his wife and, and that, that family. But, you know, obviously when you get, caught up in that and it gets brought to light it's it's going to follow him so he's a guy that if you can if you can if your program can withstand the pr hit that it's going to take and without question you're going to take a big pr hit um but just like with auburn basketball they withstood that and auburn got its first ever trip to the final four now you know if you're willing to do that there could be a huge upside for South Carolina. And, and Hugh Freeze might be exactly what you need in that state where you're having to go up recruiting and then and then just perception-wise you're being measured in state against Clemson, which is one of the top programs in the country right now. So maybe it's worth the PR hit to, to sort of jumpstart your program and and maybe take that hit and, and try to really get that, that program going. I, I think the problem with South Carolina is if – I think they're going to be other suitors. So if, if South Carolina wants to make that move and they, and they make a determination that they can handle the embarrassment that's going to come with hiring Hugh Freeze and all the slings and arrows of, of doing so, if they've made that determination, then they got to move quickly. Um, because I want to take Gamecocks fans back in the day um, when they were trying to hire Kirby Smart. And if they had if they had wrapped that up, if they had got that done a little sooner – Kirby Smart might be coaching in South Carolina right now and not Athens, Georgia, because Georgia got wind that South Carolina and Kirby Smart were closing in on a deal, that there were some serious conversations going on. And and Georgia took him. I mean, Georgia really got it going. So, um, And then we've seen what, what Georgia's done. Now, Georgia was a better program with Kirby Smart coming in, right? They Mark Richt had, had sort of built that thing up, and they had sort of plateaued, but Kirby took it to the next level. Uh, it's a little different situation there in Columbia. Uh, you need someone to build you back up. It's been a while since South Carolina had three straight 11-win seasons, and that's historic at South Carolina. Um, that's that's heady, heady stuff. Um, it was a different, uh, different landscape when that happened. Obviously, Clemson wasn't rolling like they are, and it was – you know, the state of South Carolina was, was producing some really, really good talent, and Steve Spurrier was keeping that talent at home. But it, it shows that it's possible, right? It shows that it's possible, and I think a hire like Hugh Freeze could really make some noise for South Carolina. Again, there are going, going to be other suitors for Hugh Freeze. I believe he came out yesterday 
Um, I, I believe he was in an interview and he said it's going to take something really, really special. Now, that's what coaches say right now because he's still got a coach, uh, a team to coach. So he doesn't want them knowing that, that, you know, that his agent, which I believe is Jimmy Sexton, um, is, is, is shopping his name and is, as he should be. He's going to be a hot commodity. Um, you know, uh, enough time has passed. I think most people um, would be willing to give Hugh Freeze a second chance, but it, really it's going to come up to your – it's going to be determined by your board of trustees, by your, by your president, and by the culture in your program. But if you make a determination that you can hire him, you got to do it. you got to start moving him because there are going to be other suitors. There are going to be other programs um, because I, even in this mailbag, for the Football and Grits mailbag, I had people asking, hey, why doesn't Tennessee just fire Jeremy Pruitt so they can hire who? Hire Hugh Freeze. Um, you know, depending on how things go down in Auburn, um, Auburn would be a program that, that as I've, I mentioned, their basketball program with, with the, the heat they took for hiring Bruce Pearl. They might be willing to take that, um, take their medicine and, and hire Hugh Freeze. And so the, my point is there are going to be other programs coming after Hugh Freeze. So if South Carolina is there, then you got to make that move. Uh, Will Healy is another name. You know, um, that, that I know people there in that state know. Uh, an up-and-coming coach, if you don't want to go, uh, you know, the proven route. Um, there are a lot of different varieties in, in different ways that you can go. But I just think that South Carolina might be a great, great spot if it got out in front of it to sort of land Hugh Freeze. We'll see how that goes. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, David S. Ask, where would you rank... Kyle Pitts among all-time tight end draft prospects. It's a great question because dude has just been balling. He is a he's a nightmare matchup. You even if you have him perfectly defended, he's not defended because his catch radius is is off the charts. Uh, I was we were watching the game Saturday. You know Alabama was off, so I got to see a lot of football, and I'm, I'm watching the game with my father-in-law. And it was after that really, really, really scary hit uh, that, that Pitts took over the middle. I don't think it was dirty, but it's the type of hit that we're trying to legislate out of the game of football. In fact, both players got hurt. Um, it was just a really nasty hit, and it, and it sent Pitts out of the game. And I looked at my as, – you know, as he was walking off the field on his own power, and he'd gone to the sideline. I think he were walking him back to the locker room. He was walked uh, – I believe two athletic trainers were assisting him back to the locker room and I, he was standing in the middle of them. So he had one trainer, an athletic trainer on his right, one athletic trainer on his left. And he was in the middle. And did you just see how tall he is one? It's a stark contrast. If you haven't seen it, go, go find the game. Maybe it's on YouTube somewhere and just watch that point where he's walking off the field with the two athletic trainers, where he's in the middle one. You just see the size and scope of this athlete. One, what is he? Six foot six. You see his height, how he's just towering above the athletic trainers. And then then secondly, what jumped off the screen to me is look how wide his shoulders are. He, I'm not going to compare his game to a Hall of Famer, but just, just 
just frame wise, just build wise, he reminds me a lot of Calvin Johnson. Um, again, I'm not comparing. I'm not saying he's going to go be an NFL Hall of Fame receiver. I'm not doing anything. I'm just saying frame wise. The first, the first person I think of when I think of Kyle Pitts is I think of Calvin Johnson. I just think it's a mismatched player that even if you even if you defend him perfectly, because he can box you out because of the, the width of those shoulders, because he can box you essentially box you out, because you can throw it up high because he's six foot six and can jump, you can't defend him. There's really nothing if the, if the ball is thrown correctly, Kyle Pitts is always open. He's an incredible player. So we start we start asking the question, where does he rank among all-time tight end prospects? Is it possible he could be the highest drafted tight end of all time? Um, I mean, and there's been some good ones, and they've gone fairly high. You know, why, uh, tight end's not really a position you think of that goes gets drafted really high, but we've seen Vernon Davis, remember him, back in 2006 from, uh, I believe he, was, he went to Maryland. He was drafted sixth overall. Um, and, in fact, you go back, I think last year, uh, Iowa had a tight end that was in the top ten. Um, you know, you start looking at Kellen Winslow Jr. He was he was uh, drafted number six, but I believe the highest drafted tight end of all time. There's a couple of them that went fifth overall. Uh, Riley Odoms from Houston back in 1972 went fifth overall, and remember the name Mike Ditka. That's right, the Bears head coach. Uh, him coming out of Pittsburgh, he was the fifth overall pick uh, in 1961. Obviously, that was a different time. Um we sort of think of tight end and how it's evolving now where they're not really in line guys anymore. The elite guys can play in line, but they can also, you can split them out and they become a mismatch player. Uh, as I mentioned, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, could he go higher than five? If you make a determination that he's a weapon, the way the NFL is going right now and with the way the NFL is so pass happy, I think he, he could absolutely be the highest drafted tight end of all time. He could he, that means he's got to go in the top four and you start looking at quarterback. You got to think Trevor Lawrence would would be in there if he decides to come out. Justin Fields is going to be there if he decides to come out. And then you make determinations of where do you have Travis Etienne? Is, is running back even worth investing a pick in the top five anymore? Um, you start looking at offensive linemen. Uh, Alex Leatherwood at Alabama. How high he, could he go at left tackle? All those things, you start making determinations. And you, you it, I think it basically comes down to the organization. Do you want to invest a top five pick in a tight end? Well, I think when you look at Kyle Pitts, he's more than just a tight end. He's he's a he's a weapon, and you don't see them come along very often. He is a awesome player to watch, a dynamite player to watch, and I can't watch I can't wait to watch more of him because he's just so much fun. And here's hoping that he's healthy because that was a really scary hit down in Jacksonville against Georgia over the weekend. Um, here's hoping that he stays healthy. A Ted L. asks, Mac Jones goes down with positive COVID-19 test. This is hypothetical, obviously. Who likely steers the ship in the interim? I think it's Bryce Young. Uh, you know, I, I just think he's the one that they've played the most this year. They've made a determination that he's the one they want to develop. They're going to spend their time developing. He's a true freshman. He gets in at the end of games. Uh, he hasn't played off the charts, but he also hasn't uh, done anything to let to, to to suggest to me that he can't do it. I think the more reps he gets, the better he's going to get. Uh, he sh- should have had a touchdown pass a couple games ago that was dropped uh, by Slade Bolden. I believe it was in the Tennessee game. So I, I think he's the guy that they've they've been trying to get some experience when the game situation allows them to. He would be the one piloting the ship should Mac Jones go down with COVID, and it's entirely possible because right now you know we'd sort of. 
there have been different hot spots of the college football season where different programs, different conferences are dealing with, with a lot of positive tests. I think right now in college football, it's popping back up. And it's, it's really mirroring what we're seeing across, across the United States. With you know, We're getting daily highs of, of positive COVID tests. And so it, it's got a potential to wreak havoc. Uh, wreak havoc with the college football season. We're seeing right now, as I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, we still don't have a determination about the Alabama-LSU game um, this weekend. Now, you may listen to this later in the week or, or even later today, and we will have a determination, but I'm using that example to illustrate just how sort of where we are with the college football season. We saw Auburn and Mississippi State canceled yesterday. We you know Wisconsin's had some issues up in the Big Ten. Um, you know, We've already seen LSU have to postpone a game or Florida did that, that postponed a, a previous LSU game. So uh, there's there's some issues the SEC is going to have to work out. So it's not it's not all the realm of possibility that a player um, of high profile like like a Mac Jones could test positive and and really sort of spiral this season out of control. Here's hoping that it doesn't and that the players are, are still being real you know sort of uh, at the top of their game in in. And making the, making the personal decisions that they don't sort of put themselves at risk in, in exposure. But as the story was going around with LSU yesterday, that, that they're dealing with a, an outbreak on their campus, it was determined that it, it likely happened at a, a Halloween party. Well, what happened on Halloween? LSU got blown out by Auburn. Point being, as a, as a team's goals start slipping away from it, maybe the players don't take – um, take personal responsibility as seriously, and then they risk exposure, which puts the whole thing in jeopardy. We'll see as we continue on. Ronald K. asks, why wouldn't LSU simply forfeit the game against Alabama? It's the team's fault for attending the Halloween party and the coach is not selling um, the contagious factor. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point. I, I think at this point, the SEC, the way the, the schedule is currently built, has no leeway. LSU's already had its bye week. And LSU has used that cushion week that the SEC built in between the end of the regular season uh, on December 5th and the SEC championship game on December 19th, that weekend of, of December 12th. They've sort of, they built that in as a cushion for cancellation games. Well, LSU's already got a cancellation game with Florida that it's got to play. Where it gets really tricky from the SEC's perspective is what if Florida wins the East? What if Alabama wins the West? And now you're looking at a situation where they both didn't play LSU but because Florida was on the schedule earlier and because it was Florida that, that caused the cancellation of that game or the postponement of that game, do you make Florida play that, essentially giving Alabama a bye week and, and Florida's having to play LSU the week before it would play Alabama? There, there are a ton of questions, and you can imagine the conspiracy theories that would level against the SEC. They favor Alabama. They're in Birmingham, blah, 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 blah. The stuff we hear over and over and over again. While there's a simple explanation that that game had already been – postponed that was the first one that's as simple as it is the sec would be dealing with a pr nightmare if that, that alabama lsu game does get canceled and it there's no time to play it i guess the only other thing that you could possibly do is move your sec championship game back uh which would really start cutting into the calendar schedule for the college football playoff or you could play the game on a monday sometime it, it's just not a good situation right now i think if you're really um thinking about it that game, I don't. They don't really forfeit anymore. I just think it would be considered a no, a no contest, so you don't get a win or a loss. It just, it just never existed. Um, but then, what do you do if you make LSU? What do you do if you make Florida play LSU? As you can see, there are a ton of, ton of nightmares and headaches that the SEC might have to deal with. 
in that. And, and we should know something today. Again, I'm recording this as of Tuesday morning. We still don't have an answer about Alabama LSU. I suspect we will know something very, very soon. Thanks for the excellent questions, you guys. Keep them coming. Hey, coming up on Football and Grits on Wednesday, David Ubbin and Josh Kendall take you inside the SEC East. You know, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask, uh, what's going on with Kirby? Uh, can they develop a quarterback over at Georgia? Uh, all those things David and Josh will keep you up to date on. Thank you.